Well, most times these stories write themselves. You know, things start off and you think they're gonna be one thing, but a lot of times they end up being another. When the last opportunity you get for somebody to do a story on you to say the spotlight is growing dim on Clark, you think it's kinda over. Underestimated and still I made it In the book of hard knocks I'm highly educated Nobody told me looked over but still dedicated Played in the league for 13 I ain't gotta be favorite Two Super Bowls, Honolulu I stood with the greatest The thing is this, it never rich I'm good with my neighbors DB precision, television Ain't asked for no favors Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures Just look in the papers no backing down or turning back, part two of the movie Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me Ain't gotta like what I'm saying, just watch me go to work And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First Listen, the podcast already started We got David Mulligetta, the H is silent You there know you what I mean? There it's you like, go Whatever, man, it's not there you go Like, everybody knows that, man My apologies Or do people, or do people pronounce the H in yeah, your name Yeah, we, we get all type of pronunciations So I, I, am, I am happy you're doing your homework well, I've known you for about seven, eight years well, now. Well, we so talked though. Yeah, yeah, I know. We talk. I'm, I'm happy. And that when, you... when it started though, I did pronounce it. Pronounce it what correctly? The H. No, yeah, I, yeah, I, no, I know. I would pronounce yeah, the H when it started. It only took you seven years, so I'm, I'm proud that you well, finally figured it out. We didn't really get an opportunity to talk about it, and for me to get set straight. And two, even though you're the greatest football agent in the world, keep going. People don't see you a lot. Okay. Right. So if you would do more interviews, mm -hmm. right? If you would be in front of the camera more that people would know that the H is silent. But for some reason, you want to be like America's top uh, sports secret agent. I like and, that. I like the sound and, of that. And then, it works. You know what? That's what we'll name it. That's what I'll name it. I like it. I like it. I so, like it. All right. So we're in your spot. This is the collective, right? It is. So it you're is. a partner here. I am. So what made you open the gym? Uh, one of my best friends, Jeremy Hills, who played football at Texas, uh, had an idea and kind of pitched me on it, and, and the collective was born. You know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's kind of a lifestyle gym. Right. Uh, not only, you know, somewhere you can come work out, but uh, somewhere you can interact with, you know, the, the uh, community here in Austin and, and, you know, meet new people. And, you know, we got a shared office space here. We have sports psychologists, chiropractors, right. uh, you know, pretty much anything. You know, will will your world. athletes train here too, though? Uh, they, I got a lot of my guys that train here in the offseason. Okay. So, yeah, we have a ton of guys that train here in the offseason. We do our pros week here in Austin where, you know, kind of all the guys come down here right. and work together. The, the young guys meet the older guys. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is kind of home base for them from a workout standpoint. So you mentioned, you know, Texas, right? Like the school. University of Texas. University the of Texas. University the of University Texas. of Texas. There, there you go. And this, even, <clears throat> this wasn't really going to even be a part of the podcast because I, really I really wanted to focus on the fact that, that we got along, you mm -hmm. know, how much I admire what you do, some of the adversities you faced in doing it. Mm -hmm. But uh, you made a, a, like, as long as I've known you, seven years or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you've never lied, I, right? You've been- I like thinking myself as an honest person. Right, you've been extremely truthful about okay. a lot of things. Or so today you told your first lie. I, I don't right? agree. We were talking about college football's best team, mm -hmm. or greatest team. Greatest team right? ever. Greatest team. Ever. 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 Greatest okay. team ever. There we go. And everybody, everybody in the world knows that LSU 2019 is the greatest college football team ever and I, and assembled. I, and I don't disagree. If your world is Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you are correct. But if you're First thinking off, more from a universal world, I think it's the University of Texas 2005 uh, National Championship team led by Vince Young. Dave, Dave. First off, Vince Young's name was big then, right? But when you put Vince Young's name on the same on the same piece of paper that Joe Burrow's name is on. Who's a phenomenal it, it, football player, by it, the way. It pales in comparison. Uh, no, it does not. So, again, the greatest college football team ever assembled was but that's the 2005 University of Texas football team. For LSU, you could, so give me this then, at least. Okay, I'll, LSU had the greatest football season a college team has ever had. I, that is arguable, but I, I won't disagree with that. I think that's, that's so kind of So how can it not be the greatest team then, Dave? Because they never faced the 2005 University of Texas football Championship team. So it's, it's purely based on the fact that they beat a team that was really good the year before. I, I mean, I, I would say most people would argue that that team was, that USC team was good that year as well. Are, are you, I mean, they, they, weren't, they weren't the same team. No, they weren't. You know, just because you have, you know, Matt Liner's back, Matt Liner plays his way out of being the number one overall draft pick to 10, right? We, we saw, saw the cracks in him, right? Reggie Bush is trying to pitch uh, footballs backwards. 
So it's, 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 there's a lot that goes on in that game. If you're basing it off of one game, I'm talking about the 15 that, did you, that did LSU you watch won, the bro. Season that they, I did watch. Okay. Vince Young was my favorite college football player that No, I'm lying. Second, Reggie okay. Bush is my okay. favorite. And I think we're going to have to agree to disagree here. I think that the 05 Texas team was the best you don't team ever assembled. Ha- Dave, you don't even have an argument, though. I, I do. I, I just, you know. You just again, feel that way. I, it's not true, but I respect the players on both teams, and I'm going to leave it oh at that. Oh, my gosh. You are such an agent, man. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it at that. But I would <laughs> say the 05 Texas team is the best team ever assembled. I got you. So okay. you texted me before this. You said, RC, what you wearing? Mm-hmm. Right? And I was wow. Like, and I was like, well, you know, Dave, I'm going to wear... Uh, a sweatsuit. It's you always going to be Lululemon because okay. I get a discount. Um, so I said, I'm going to wear a sweatsuit you and did. sneakers. Mm-hmm. Right? So you, you knew that prior to me coming here. Mm-hmm. And with knowing that prior to me coming here, you wore slacks and Louis loafers. Um, I did. We're, it's we're, not too often I'm going to be able to outdress you. So I figured today was the day and I took my shot. Well, I think, I think and we'll get to this, <laughs> I think this is a pure uh, direct reflection on our 2020 earnings. Here you go. I think when I when I look back that was at being untruthful. When I look back at the outfits that we have picked, your have outfit, you seen your Instagram page? I have seen my Instagram I can't page. Afford 97% of the things on your have Instagram. Have you seen page. Forbes? Fake news. Oh, is it it really? is fake news. Is it really? As former uh, President Trump would say. Fake, <laughs> I got fake you. news. Former President fake Trump. News. So even with you picked your outfit, what about these socks though, bro? So my socks, you know, I'll give you a little close up. That's my kids, you know what I mean? Everywhere okay. I go, I got about 30 pairs of these exact same socks. Got pictures of all my boys on there. So right. definitely, you know, my good luck charm. So I kind of take them everywhere I go. Right. So you're talking about the boys. Every time yeah. I'm on the phone with you, bro, this is, this is what happens. Hey, 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 I'm on the phone. <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm on the phone. Hey, well, yeah, I got three of them, man. I got three of them, and, and they all think they're the most important person <laughs> in, the world, in the world. So that's kind of how that goes. Well, that's because, man, that's because you and your wife treat them that way, which you got post to, to, man. Got to, got to, got to. And got to shout out my wife, of course. The reason I'm able to do the things I, I'm able to do and why my kids are, are taken care of the way they are. So, Miss Mulligata, thank you for everything. It's so funny, though. Like, I talk to you, you be like, hold on. Let me ask my wife. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so, see, I don't subscribe to this new generation of... You know, I wear the pants. I move I think as I will. I think that's the old generation. No, David. no, no. Oh, the, whatever, whoever generation. Because that you, because you and D Wade have decided that y'all don't wear the pants. No, 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 no. I, 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 I subscribe to I want a happy life. Happy okay. wife. Happy. I go home. I have no arguments. Life is good. <laughs> Other people who quote unquote wear the pants are always arguing. There's always disagreements at home. Right. I have a really good home life, so I'm gonna keep okay. it that way. So Listen, anything, I, I ask permission all the time. No, listen, it's, it's the smart thing to do. I got to. Because no happy, fool. listen, happy is way above right. Every time. But, Every time. But speaking of being right, though, you do have to be right in your work life, right? Because of the people you represent. For sure. Uh, the things you're representing them um, and what they're doing. But what made you, what made you want to be an agent, though? I got, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't, to me, seem like a job I'd want. It seems extremely difficult to, one, convince people you know, that you are the right representation for them because mm-hmm. you step out as a representation of them. Um, and the other piece of it is it's doing a good job at having, in some ways, people's careers and livelihoods in your hands. So when you're sitting around, you're in college or whenever you made the decision, what made you make the decision to want to be an agent? So initially, I never planned on being an agent, right? I, you know, I was going to law school. Uh, let me back up a little bit. Both my parents are immigrants from a small country in East Africa called Eritrea. Mm-hmm. So coming from uh, parents that are immigrants, there's only two, uh, I guess, careers that the, you know immig- immigrant parents are okay with. It's either a doctor or a lawyer. Right. That's, that's the one. That's the ones you know, though. Yeah, that's it for them. Right. You gonna be a doctor, or lawyer? Which one are you gonna pick? That was, mm-hmm. that was pretty much it. So uh, you know, I always kind of went down the road of wanting to be a lawyer. Um, never, you know, I, I didn't know much about sports agents. I had never seen a sports agent outside of maybe the the Jerry Maguire movie mm-hmm. that we all saw growing right. up. So. It was never something I was interested in, right? Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, I went to undergrad. I was, uh, you know, I went to the business school at the University of Texas at Austin. Uh, I was going to law school with the plans of being a, you know, corporate lawyer, doing M&A work, mergers and acquisitions. Um, at the time, one of my best friends, Jamal Charles, who okay. was playing for the Chiefs, was actually going into the draft while I was going into law school. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually signed with Athletes First. And I went out there to visit him one offseason while he was, well, the offseason he was training for the draft that spring. 
And I met an agent there named Andrew Kessler. Mm -hmm. uh, his dad, Jeffrey Kessler, is actually one of the lead lawyers for the NFL Players Association. Yep. So met Andrew, who was Jamal's agent uh, at Athletes First, and he kind of talked me into doing an internship, you know, that, uh, that summer before I started law school. So did the internship. Didn't go the way I wanted. You know, I was doing, I was, you know, lunch run. You was and, a real intern. Oh, all the way live. Uh, go get my lunch. Did you think? Print. Did you think that you was gonna get to represent people? Well, I saw Jerry Maguire. I thought <laughs> I, I'd be, I wasn't gonna be Jerry, but I'd be, you know, right. you know, somebody, you know, not, not Jerry quite cousin. That. Yeah, there you go. But uh, you know, got got introduced to the business that way. Right. You know, real intern life, right? Get get lunches. You know, grab. You know, this off the print machine. Go. Mm -hmm. You know, buying this. Right. So I was like, yo, it's not really what it's cracked up to be. Right. So. Uh, you know, went back, obviously had lost, you know, started my first year of law school that year. That first um, summer after my first year of law school, kind of put the whole agent thing behind me, like, you okay. know, that's not what I want to do. After my second year of law school, uh, going into that, the, the agent, uh, Andrew, invited me back for internship and said, hey, this year, come out and, and I'll kind of give you, you know, opportunity to kind of follow me around and be, right. you know, more hands-on. For hands dumb on. people like me, <laughs> how long you got to stay in law school? Law school is normally a three-year program. Oh, see, that's, yeah, yeah. Why, that's why I can't be a lawyer right there, coach. No, no, nah, man. Like, I it had four good years in me. It was, it's not that bad. I think people, you know, tend to uh, overhype law school. You know what I mean? So, when they go there just so they can say, hey, I graduated so law at, school. But after doing two years, mm -hmm. David, like, did you feel like you wanted to be a lawyer, though? Were, were you, did, did it feel right to you? Was, was... Well, I had, in my mind, I had to pick my path. So, okay. you know, I'm one of those guys that I'm going to pick a path and I'm, I'm going to grind through until I accomplish the goal, right? Right. So, but after my after my second year of law school, I went back and did the internship, uh, mm -hmm. and Andrew kind of showed me the ropes. You know, I got to do a lot more hands-on stuff. I got to deal right. with clients a little more. I got to do more background research on contracts and kind of feel more involved in, you know, actually being an agent. And at that point, I decided, hey, this is something I can kind of see myself doing. I was mm -hmm. always a football fan growing up. You know, as you can see, I wasn't really built for the game of football. Well, you know, I just, I felt like this is what happened when you get married to a great woman uh -huh. and you make a lot of money. I thought you stopped working out then and maybe at the time you were in shape and able we'll to do this. We'll go with that. We'll go with, we'll that. Go with we'll that. that. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. That's what we're going to sell. I'm going to put we, that clip up. I appreciate it. <laughs> but football just wasn't for me, you know, right. from a playing standpoint, right? right? But I played everything else growing up. But, uh, so I was always a big football fan. I grew up uh, in the 90s with the Cowboys, obviously, yeah. you know what I mean? So football was always front of mind for me. So th this gave me an opportunity to you know, uh, stay involved in a, in, a, in a sport that I love, but at the right. same time using my law degree. So kind of just, you know, right place, right time. And, uh, you know, the rest is history, man. Been in the business since 2008, started as an intern, and, right. and now I've done pretty, you know, I've done decently well for myself. Decently well, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, what that, that's what we're going to call it. So who was your first client? <laughs> my first client, my first official client was Earl Thomas. Ooh, you know, must I, be nice to go to Texas. Hey, man, must be, must be. But uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'd have to argue. You know, arguably, probably the best safety to ever play the game 100%. up there with Ed Reed and your guys, Troy Polamalu, right, and, and those sure. guys. So Ronnie Lott as well. I yeah, don't know, the now, 49ers listen, fans killing listen. We, yeah, we're not gonna. We ain't worried about that. <laughs> they, they, they'll get it. So how, how does that come about though? Like, what kind of conversation is it with Earl? Are, are you? Is it one of those things like, hey, I'm your boy, man. I'm gonna do the best job for you. I'm gonna represent you. Man, it's a funny story, man. Like I said, man, I think I think you know this story was kind of written before me, mm -hmm. uh, just because of the way things played out. So mm -hmm. Earl and uh, my younger brother uh, were, were really good friends mm -hmm. uh, when they came in together. And at the time, Earl, you know, came from a small town. Yep. Uh, I think he was a three-star recruit. Okay. Wasn't the biggest, you know, recruit uh, here at Texas. Mm -hmm. His freshman year, they registered him uh, behind. I don't. I don't even want to say the names. I don't want to get them wrong. But two guys that probably didn't have NFL careers right, right. in front of them. Uh, so his first semester here, academically, you know, didn't do the best. Not because he wasn't a smart kid, but just he was more focused on why am I not on the field, mm -hmm. that type of thing. Uh, the same thing happened that spring semester for him. You know, a little frustrated that you know, you know, he hadn't been playing and. Uh, wasn't doing what he needed to do academically. Right. Um, so, you know, he's always spent time with, you know, around my brother, and, you know, I got to know him on mm -hmm. a personal level. And again, this is one of those situations where we're not always right all the time, right? So right. I told her, like, look, man, let's focus on your academics. Let's mm -hmm. get your grades up. Obviously, you want to use this, uh, this scholarship to get your degree if you're not going to be a football player. And, right. So at, the time, so at the time, with him not playing, you yeah. were like, hey, man, look, let's get life right. Oh, yeah, this is not for you. You're not going to be a football player. I, I'll be honest. You know, I was like, this is, this is just not for you. You're behind, you know, a couple guys that probably won't play in the NFL. Right. They don't normally redshirt skilled players here at University of Texas. Right. So if you can't, you know, you're yeah, you not still, even, like, you can't play right now. You probably yeah, won't ever play. and small guy. I mean, Earl's not a big guy in stature. Right. You know, 5'9", 5'10". Right. You know, obviously... 
turns out to be one of the greatest ever, right? But at the time, I told him, like, hey, you know, probably makes more sense folks on the school side, not the football side. Football's not for you. Right. Everybody makes a mistake. Uh, but uh, so we, we developed a relationship that way. And, right. you know, he, he kind of locked in that, uh, that summer. Brought his, I mean, I want to say he got like a 3.5 GPA that first session and a 3.25 that second session. Brought his GPA all the way up. Right. And kind of never looked back. You know what I mean? Mm. He ended up uh, getting on the field that fall, freshman All-American. Right. You know, turned out to be the Earl Thomas. So that relationship developed uh, with football not even in mind, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it kind of, you know, when, when I did get to the point where I was like, okay, look, this is a career path I do want to take. You know, Earl being the loyal guy that he is, right. was like, hey, man, you know, wherever you go, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with you. Uh, so he gave me my opportunity. He gave me my start. Him and obviously Jamal, you know, right. being in, you know, prior getting me the internship. You know, those two guys are probably the, the biggest reason that I'm in the, in the position that I am in today. Yeah, 100%. That, like, that, does, that doesn't happen if you go to, like, Austin P. Or, or <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, no, definitely, man. Going to the University of Texas was right. probably, you know, one of the best decisions I ever made. Uh, and not even only from an academic standpoint, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, college, you know, it's not for everybody. You know, you, some right. people feel like they learn a lot. Some people don't. I think the biggest thing I gained from going to college was a network. Yeah. Uh, and the network that I gained, you know, obviously helped me to get to the point that I'm at today. So so, so did you did you end up representing Jamal, too? No, no. So Jamal was represented by Andrew. Okay, so, internship. so I was always, you know, involved with his right. career from that point on. But I, I, I know Andrew Kessler represented him as well. So, so was Earl's second deal your first big deal? It was, it was, yeah, yeah. That was the first, you know, big deal I, I did. Uh, he, was, he, that deal made him the highest paid safety in the yep. history of the NFL. You have, you've had a lot of those. A, a couple, a couple. Yeah. I work with real good players, man. So, <laughs> yeah, like I tell guys all the time, man, right. my, my job is just to dot the eyes and cross the t's. Right. So Earl did everything he was supposed to do on the field. He did, man. Uh, yeah. Showed he, you know, that he deserved to be the highest paid player, and mm-hmm. our goal is to make sure that happened. And you know, right. uh, luckily, you know, worked with John Schneider, uh, who mm-hmm. the GM of the, the Seahawks, and he, he saw the value there and. You know, made Earl the, the first $10 million-plus uh, safety a year and yeah. uh, the highest-paid safety in NFL history. Yeah, I remember. So when, when Legion of Boom was, like, starting to get kind of formed, right? Mm-hmm. You, had, you had Earl, then they get uh, Cam, yeah. uh, they draft Rich, mm-hmm. and then at the time it was Brandon, Brandon Browner. Browner. Yeah, right, yeah, Brandon yeah, yeah. Browner. And so mm-hmm. this was... Earl went to the Pro Bowl early. Was it, like, second second year? Third uh, year, Don't give me the line, but, yeah, he, he it went was pretty early. early. Yeah, he went well, pretty early. Well, so, so the, the year he went... I want to say whether it was alternates or whatever like that, they all ended up being out in the Hawaii. Yep. Right? They were all in Hawaii. And, like, we were sitting down talking. And that's when I found out he was a noop. But we were sitting down talking. Can you explain to them what noop means? I mean, you just throwing the word noop around like people know what that means. Well, we are both members of Kappa Apple Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Okay. There you there go. I'm sorry. Okay. I just get it across, right? I'm sure we're all on the same page. Man, they, they know. Okay, my apologies. Enough people know. There if we do If we do it the right way, enough people that know. That is true. That all is right? true. And so we're having a conversation, but he was kind of talking about, like, me, Troy, I, because we had been playing together, you know, so long by, by mm-hmm. that time. And I was like, hey, bro, I was like, only one of us is a superstar. You know what I mean? I was like, they got you, uh, you got Cam. Obviously, I didn't know Rich was going to end up being what he was. And I think that whole, like, that, that whole group was dope. But, you know, I, I hope that the time remembered in Seattle is remembered for the dude that started. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Without Earl, like, like none, of that, none of that comes to be. But you have Earl. You get that first big deal. Like, I started first noticing you because you were representing so many DBs. Yeah, that, I mean, you like know, I said, Earl gave me the opportunity, kind of allowed me to, you know, flourish in that space, right? You see right. Earl Thomas, see what he's done, and it kind of shined the spotlight on you, whether deservingly or so, not, right. deservingly so or not. Uh, and I was able to, you know, work with a, a few other DBs right after him, whether it was Kenny Vaccaro, mm-hmm. uh, Landon Collins, yep. Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, you know, had a, followed it up with some real high-level uh, high safeties. Mm-hmm. And that kind of then allowed me to kind of uh, open up to other positions as well. Right. But, as well but do, you, I, do, you think it's, do you think it's easier... Is it easier for you now recruiting DBs because of that lineage, or do you feel like it doesn't really matter? You can kind of go every position uh, and get them. A little bit of both. I think it's definitely easier from a DB standpoint because it's you know similar to you know if you're um, you know you, you injure your knee right, right. You, you're going to a knee surgeon or somebody right. to fix you your knee. The same guy. You want to go to somebody who's seen a lot of done knees, it. who's done knees. You don't right. want anybody to open up your knee and be like, "Yo, what is this? I've right, seen right. this before." I ain't right? never seen that one. Exactly. Right, right. So they, I mean, they know like, hey, he's. You know, he's done, you know, a lot of contracts with DBs or, you know, he's prepared a lot of guys for the draft process. So right. I think there's a level there. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, but I think a lot of, you know, you know, the guys that I work with, you know, we really have a close family uh, environment. So right. they know if you're a young DB, you're going to get that tutelage. You're going to get that, uh, right. you're going to get that phone call from, you know, if you're a corner from a Jalen Ramsey and a mm-hmm. Casey Hayward and those 
even right. the, you know all pro type guys, or if you're a safety, you know from a, a, a you know Earl Thomas, a Derwin James, a right. Andre Diggs, those elite guys right. are sure. you're going to have access to them. So mm-hmm. I think it definitely helps from that standpoint. Right. Uh, but then from a position standpoint in general, uh, you know I think that once you show uh, you know, what, what you're able to do with that DB position, you know, NFL contracts, NFL contracts, right? right? At the end of the day, uh, you know, whether you're a receiver or a running back or DN, mm-hmm. uh, from a language standpoint, right. a lot, you know, it's all it's, the it's same. It's all about, right. so in, in representing the DBs, you know, like you do, and then looking to other positions, is it is it more difficult representing other positions in the sense of, of the language? Because oh, I would have to guess it's it's easier when people know they got to deal with you, yeah. right? Like when you, you can kind of sh- push away or, or shush an agent that got one big time player, right? But when you when you have the the Christian Wilkins and you have the Isaiah Simmons and then you go to the back end and you do have the Landon Collins and those guys, then you go to offense and you have the quarterbacks. Like, do you think it makes it easier for you to negotiate with teams now than it was in the beginning? No, it's, it's definitely easier. Uh, it's definitely easier, and, and I think it's just from a. a matter of the, the teams get comfortable with you, right? They know they're going to deal with you. Uh, there's certain precedent you sent you set as an agent. Right. So they know that. You know, they mm-hmm. do their homework. Every team has this cap department uh, where they analyze every contract you've done previously. Right. So if we're working on a contract and they know, hey, from a language standpoint, uh, a cash flow standpoint, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. this is the things you've pushed for in the past and you've gotten. They're a little used to it. Yeah, exactly. Right. From a precedent standpoint, they know you're not going to allow you know, the next guy you do to have any worse than the previous guy you've done, right? So I think from that standpoint, and just like in any other business, repeat business, right? You you deal with people that you're going to have to repeatedly deal with differently than one-offs. 100%. Exactly. Right. So I think from that standpoint, having uh, the network that we have and having the client base that we have definitely helps us when we're dealing with teams mm-hmm. uh, and trying to get guys, you know, whatever their max value is. Right. And so... You, like now, you mentioned Derwin. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, Q Diggs. Mm-hmm. Obviously... Jalen Ramsey, you have all these guys, and I've tried to get you to answer this question on the phone with me, and so I'm putting you in front of the camera. Okay. Who's the most talented guy you represent? And I, don't give me, like, listen, they're already your guys, Dave. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. So you could say that Derwin James is the most talented guy you represent. You could say it out loud, and the world could know, and all your clients could know who the most talented person yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, I'll answer that question right after you. Who's your favorite child? That's not the same I'm thing. I'm just asking that, a question. We're both that, asking questions that, here. Who's your favorite child? I mean, thing. you got the camera here. You it's might want to make somebody though. feel good. It's my show. Hey, man. So, like I said, I, I, I work with a ton of talented players <laughs> that are even better people off the field than they are uh, on, the, on the field. Uh, yeah. And they're all super talented. I don't, I don't represent not one non-talented player, actually. It's funny how that works. You do a job that your, your level of representation also pays you, and you have a lot of talented people. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I, you know what's funny, man? I always get the question, like, what's made you successful in this business, right? right? Like, you know, why have you, uh, you know, been able to accomplish the things you, you've had? And I always right. tell people, you know, every, you know, every time they ask me that question, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. I'm not the most hardworking person in the room. I work hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm pretty intelligent. But I think it's having guys that want to see you be successful, right? Okay. And I, what I mean by that is, a lot of times you see agents, they're, you know, they're always cheering on their clients, right? Mm-hmm. You want your clients to do well. You know, you want them to be the best at their position and so forth. But it's not often that they're, you know, that's reciprocated, right? Uh, so my you. clients, right. you know, whether it's Jalen or Derwin or Quan, any of these guys you're talking about, they're right. constantly calling me like, yo, who are we recruiting this year? Who are we adding uh, to the family? Right. Uh, they want to see me do just as well as I want them to mm-hmm. do, right? So I think having... You know, the guys that want to see me succeed has been the reason that I've been, you know, been able to be as successful as I have. You know, nobody that, does yeah. it alone. That's extremely different. And it's super cool. You know, obviously, I follow you on social, whatever. Every time you post a picture of the boys, like, you go to, like, I asked you the other day, I was like, bro, like, how many games you go to? And you was yeah. like, I try to see everybody. Yeah, I try to see everybody, uh, you, know, you know, play at least once or twice a year. I mm-hmm. try to, you know, catch my cold weather teams early on. Right. <laughs> I'm a Texas boy, so I'm not, I don't like being cold. So, right. you know, if I, if I got to go see guys... Uh, you know, whether it's in Chicago with Justin, I'm going there as early as possible. I right. got to see guys in Buffalo or Green Bay or mm-hmm. one of those cold city yeah. teams. I'm trying to hit an August, September game. <laughs> All right? right. But if you play in a dome or in, you know, Florida I can California, see you I can see you anytime, right. anytime. So, uh, yeah, man, but no, at the end of the day, you know, these people, you know, these guys, you know, uh, who I, you know, I consider family, they put a yeah. lot of trust in you, right? Uh, they've worked yeah. their whole life, you know, since a lot 100%. of them, since they're five or six years old, right. uh, playing and, and, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into this. And not only them, but their families are putting a lot of trust in you to kind of take their child and, and take their career and, and kind of making sure, make sure that they maximize it, right. you know, whether that's a three-year career or a 15-year career. So 100%. I think for me, whether you're a first-round pick, a fifth-round pick, undrafted guy, 
you're still putting that same amount of trust in me. Right. You know what I mean? Where, wherever you're picked, you've worked your whole life to get picked there. Right. So for me, you know, whether, like I said, whether you're a first-round guy, undrafted guy, you know, I, I'm going I'm to I'm put the same amount of work in. What, what I love about it, too, man, is like anytime I see you with them or even them, when they're posting about each other, everybody say family ties. For sure. You know, and that's that, that that's very rare in, in this sport. Because, one, it's an individual sport. Like, I used to always yeah. say, bro, like, we all individual contractors. Mm-hmm. Whether your team 12 and 4 or 4 and 12, when they put the film on, they worried about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's, and it's very much like that. Like, what, what Jalen gets doesn't feed Q or Landon, mm-hmm. right? But to see that all these dudes care about each other, they care about you, I think that, like, that's something you've created that... I'm just going to be honest, it's cultural, 100%. right? It's, it's cultural in the sense that we didn't always have, as, as black men, we didn't always have all these other things, but we had community. You know what I'm saying? And so now you've started a community that all these, all these dudes feel a part of, and it's, it, it's, it's, so much, it's so much comfort in being able to pick up the phone and call your agent and have a conversation that he understands what you're talking about, whether it's ball or who I am as a man. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that's, that's a super dope thing that you've done. That's something, you know, and I love my agent. My agent was a great dude. He was the only person, I was an undrafted guy. Mm-hmm. He was the only person sat in front of me and was like, I think you could play 10 years. For sure. And uh-huh. I was like, well, shoot, you got to believe that to go tell somebody else that. Without a doubt. You know, um, but, you know, you talk about all these dudes and, you know, now if you look at the, the, the quarterbacks that, you know, that have gone, especially the African-American quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you've been representing first-rounders. How do you, and this is off, like, it's not even a serious question. How do you decide where you go draft day? So it's tough, man. You, you hope that all your guys get invited to the draft, right? So that way, you just go everybody's in the same room at the draft. Right. You know, uh, but it doesn't always work out that way. So, ah, uh, man. I mean, every year, it's, it's, it's definitely a tough decision. Uh, so, so you do pick a favorite child I for the draft? Pick, no, I don't. I do not. I do not. I mean, you got to remember, I have, I, have, I, have, I, have, I have some really <laughs> dope partners that are you know, athletes right. first. My guy, you know, uh, Trayvon Smith and, mm-hmm. and Andre Odom, who I work with on a lot of guys, mm-hmm. or whether it's Andrew Kessler, those guys. Uh, so if it's a guy that we work, represent together, and Somebody, I know, exactly, I, I know they're there with them, okay. uh, and they you know they do just as good of a job as I do. So as long as they're there, and you know if it's a guy that I represent on my own, then I might have to go there, right? right. Because you know I want to be there with them. So, you know, it always works itself out. Bro, you know what's what that? I mean? What's that night like though? Like they like like you. Look, I go back to like this year, you know, Justin, and you know the whole time I love Justin. Mm-hmm. I, I met him in high school. He quarterback my seven on seventeen. Yeah, got my first kid. opening championship. There Shout you go. out. Um, but, you know, this is a guy that, I guess at that time, I mean, he goes 11, but he could have went anywhere from that day 2 to 15. Mm-hmm. You know, what's it like trying to keep those dudes, like, cool and calm during that time? Or do you just kind of, like, sit to the side, let them have their moments? Yeah, I think it all comes down to being honest, man, being transparent up front with guys. Uh, for Justin, I mean, for him, it's, it, you know, it sounds cliche, but he honestly didn't care where he went. You know, right. he was like, look, I've been— Are you talking about number or team? Uh, or both. Both. Okay. both, honestly. He was like, look, man, I know I've done the work. I've, I've left it all, all out on the field. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Every interview I've walked into, I've done a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at this point, you know, whichever team takes me, I'm going to give them my all. And for him, it was never about arriving, right? He didn't feel like he arrived when he was drafted. Right. And I think that's why he didn't matter to him. It was wait, like, okay, wait, right. now, the same way when I got to college, I got to prove I, was, you know, I felt like I was the best. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the NFL team, and I get to prove that I'm the best, right? right. So for him... The, the issue, I think, is more just to wait. Like, okay, how, where am I going to be? So okay. where do I get to start my career? When do I get to go play football? So I think it's all about being transparent and being honest. Uh, and I think people respect that, right? Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to do is, you know, over-promise and under-deliver, right? right? So at the end of the day, like I tell guys all the time, you know, as long as by, by the time draft day comes, you feel like there's nothing I could have done different or I would have mm-hmm. done different, you just got to sit down and kind of enjoy that moment. Right. And uh, that's, you know, that's what Justin did. And I know a lot of people looked at him like, man, he looks, you know, he looks upset. He doesn't look happy. He yeah. could have went number two and he looked the exact same right. way. So for, so, him, so, for him, so for him, it wasn't even necessarily about, oh, I win 11. It was like, I expected to be drafted. Mm-hmm. I am now drafted. Now it's the rest of the work that for I got to sure. do. For sure. Obviously, now, would he have wanted to get drafted earlier? We all do, right? 100%. But I don't, you know, to him, that wasn't the most important thing. It was right. like, okay, I want to know where I'm going to start my next, you know, uh, phase of my career. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, draft day is different for everybody. You know, some guys look at it that way. Uh, some guys are, you know, really excited to see where they're going to end up and kind of right. start their life. So, you know, they want to be, you know, they'd rather be in this city than this city. Right. Some guys grew up, you know, big fans of certain teams. You know, we had Michael Parsons, yeah. uh, myself and Andre Odom this year, that Michael Parsons. And he grew up as a Cowboys fan. Yeah, like, really, this was, you know, he, his dad, his mom, right. family of big Cowboys fans, right? And being able to watch him get drafted by the Cowboys and obviously having, the, you know, the rookie right. season that he's having now— I mean, you know, that's the, that's why you do this job. You know right. what I mean? Um, 
just to watch these young guys kind of live out their dreams, their family's dreams mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of situations, uh, you know, is, is awesome. Is it like a most uh, like a, a, a most intense time for you when you're paying attention, right? Because you got the rookie year, mm-hmm. right, where dudes are drafted in a certain spot for and sure. you want to see them do well, right? You know, we were trying to, we, because my job, trying to figure out when Justin was going to start, mm-hmm. right? And I have famously called Andy Dalton turkey bacon. Now, I no longer eat bacon, but I'm just saying, if I wanted to eat bacon, I want real bacon. Okay. Right, and so he got the name because you gave him the name. I gave him okay, the name. Okay, okay, right. Okay, and I call him out on TV, and people know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't mean it in a derogatory way. Like okay. Andy Dalton is fine because I think turkey bacon is fine. Okay. You know what I mean? Like if you're eating a cheeseburger and you're like, "Hey, you want bacon?" and somebody puts turkey bacon on it, you're not going to hate the sandwich, right? Okay. But if you put if you could eat pork, if you eat pork and you get some real bacon, that's two different sandwiches, right? Oh, and so yeah. Dak Prescott was playing for Dallas, mm-hmm. and that was real bacon. And then he got hurt. And they put Andy Dalton in. And now they had the fake stuff. And so, get of the season, I was like, look, let's just put Justin out there now. And I was getting, like, pushback from, like, all these people. But I, I just understood. I thought the kid was, was ready physically. And the best way to learn is to go out there and learn. And that was just my opinion. But you're watching Justin. Uh, I think you got, uh, don't you have Owe out in? Uh, Jason Owe. In, in Baltimore. Well, Michael Odafe Owe. Okay. That's his sorry. real name, which he goes by now. So okay. I don't, want, I don't want him to yell at me, so Odafe. Well, you know, he's having a phenomenal rookie year as he's well. I'm about to say, he's yeah, having yeah. a phenomenal, phenomenal rookie year. And you mentioned Michael Parsons. Mm-hmm. Are you more intensely watching rookies than you do your veteran guys? Because they're already kind of like set and in, in, in their space. Yeah, or do I mean, you try to keep man, up you know, with it's all the You know crazy? I, I try to watch every snap every one of my guys. Dang. And my wife hates it, right? But I try to watch every snap. That You know, I, I record games if I'm mm-hmm. not there, and I watch them on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Really? Yeah, I try to I, I try to watch every snap. You should just come do my job, too. Ah, man, I wish. Super but, uh, agent, TV guy. <laughs> no, nah, that's not that. But I mean, you <laughs> want to be able to talk to your guys and let them know you're really in tune with what's going on. I remember uh, I remember a couple years back, Kalecio Simile, who's one of my guys, mm-hmm. was a guard. Uh, and at the time, he was playing for the Raiders, and he was playing uh, left guard, and they had moved him over to right guard for one play. Mm-hmm. I think there was an injury, and uh, they, you know they they had swapped some guys out until the guy got back on the field. Right. But I was talking to him. And I was like, man, on that one play when you were playing right guard, and he was like, I didn't play right guard. Right. Like, yeah, you did. He, he forgot. Like, yeah, he forgot to play <laughs> right, right guard, right. right? And then he went, and he, you know, later on in the conversation, he got back. He's like, yo, yo, you you were right. I did play right guard. I just remember, I did play. Right. He's like, right. man, you watch every snap. I was like, like yeah, That's every dope, single dog. snap. So for me, it's important. Like I said, if you put that much trust in me to kind of. Uh, you know, uh, help manage your career. Right. You know, I want to do my part. And I might not, you know, be able to, you know, if I talk to you on a Monday after a game and you played Sunday, I might not have watched your game as of yet, you know. Right. But sometime during that week, I'm going to catch up and I'm, I'm going to watch all your snaps. Right. So we can have those conversations, uh, you know, and, and, and talk about things that went well, didn't go well, and, you know, why they went well and why they didn't go well. You know, if you look at the the last, I, I want to say it's three years, you look at the last three years, you've had uh, Justin Fields, Go in the first round. You had Jordan Love mm-hmm. uh, go in the first round. Also, Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. from Ohio State at the time mm-hmm. uh, was also a client of yours. Who kind of like started the the quarterback trend for you? Because you have Earl Thomas mm-hmm. to jump it off, uh, and it's like okay, you got right in the pool of first rounders, which I would guess is rare. Maybe maybe it's not. You know, working at a company like Athletes First, but from a quarterback perspective, who kind of started it off for you to give you? Because you got to kind of have some some cachet yeah. to start getting guys yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say my first, you know, quarterback that played in the NFL that gave me the opportunity was uh, Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. who, you know, to this day I believe is arguably the, you know, uh, one of if not the best college quarterbacks uh, mm-hmm. in history. Which I, I know, tell you, I, no, I know no. you think it's Joe Burrow. So, here, so, so here's what argue that. so here's what I'm gonna say before we finish getting to the conversation. Mm-hmm. I thought Deshaun Watson, for whatever games he had to play in the college football playoffs was the best player in the world. Best player I, on the I, field, I, arguably, you know, in those games. No, not, not, not arguably. He was the best player both times. They mm-hmm. just lost one. And, <laughs> and so I will say when the draft came and Mitchell Trubisky goes two, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, well, you don't know this and that. I said it on set. I said, quarterbacks are paid to be their best when it counts the most. On the big stage. I was like, the two times <clears throat> dude was on the big stage, he was the best player in football. Oh, for sure. And, yeah, so, and so I agree with you on that. Now, was Joe Barrow b- better overall the whole year? Absolutely. Like, that's not part of the conversation. But, uh, yeah, <sighs> you can continue. Okay, though. yeah. So, so Deshaun <laughs> gave me my, I mean, again, that was, that was my first uh, NFL quarterback. Gave me the opportunity and, you know. Was it, he was the first quarterback you signed, period? Uh, no, actually, Brandon Bridge uh, okay. was the first quarterback I signed. And he played uh, a little bit in the CFL. Okay. Um, great kid, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. He lives up in Canada. 
But uh, my first NFL quarterback was Deshaun Watson. And David, how, I'm confused, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, how does it? How does that dude become your first quarterback? Again, man, uh, another crazy story. So I recruited Deshaun. I met Deshaun. He was in L.A. Uh, for a quarterback camp. And this was after his sophomore year mm-hmm. where he was already Deshaun Watson. He was right. the guy. I ran into him. Uh, I think I was at dinner somewhere and ran into him. Uh, he was with, a, with somebody, you know, he was with a group of guys and I knew a few people there. Right. Introduced myself, um, you know, got his information there. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't really think much of it. I had never represented a quarterback before. I, I figured it, it'd be a difficult situation to get him to buy into it. So talked to him a few times. He happened to be in Atlanta one time. I was in Atlanta. Uh, you know, he's from, he's from the uh, Georgia area, right, right. Si- outside of Atlanta. So we end up get, going to dinner. And mm-hmm. I felt like, yo, you know, this is my opportunity to kind of, you know, have this conversation with him. Uh, I didn't have any materials or anything on me because it was, you know, kind of... Impromptu uh, a little yeah, bit? Yeah, impromptu okay. dinner. So had dinner with him, uh, kind of just, you know, talked about who I was, you know, how I got to the place I had, had gotten to at that point. Um, and dinner went well, conversation went well. We end up, uh, you know, keeping in contact right before the season. The season comes, mm-hmm. and he goes totally dark on me. Doesn't reply. Uh, you know, I didn't bother him much, but, you know, I called, you know, text him a few times to check in. Right. You know, he might have replied to me two times the entire season. So in my head, I was like, hey, he's a hell of a player. Zero chance of me signing. Right. <laughs> wish him the best. Yeah, wish him the best. <laughs> Great kid. Uh, so I get a text from him after him not replying for, you know, five months. Uh, you know, I text him literally, you know, after every game, I'll say, check in, hey, good game. Right. You know, wouldn't hear back. And I understood. You know, he's probably getting blown up by a lot of agents. Uh, actually, he might have hit me back one time during the season, I think. He hit me okay. back one time. Uh, but then at the end of the season, he, you know, he, uh, he actually calls me. And I'm thinking, oh, he's a pocket dial. He must, you know, he's called an accident, <laughs> right, right? Right, right, So I answer the phone, and he's like, hey, are you coming to the game? It was a national championship game. Right. He's like, are you coming to the game this weekend or th- this week? And I was like, uh, I didn't plan on it. Was well, that an invite? He's like, you should right. come. I was like, all right, I'll be there. Right. right. So... You know, I come, you know, again, I come to, and I text him after that, you know, to ask him something, never heard back again. So I'm like, maybe he called me on accident. I don't think he called me on accident, but he didn't want to say, hey, this is not who I meant to call. Like, dang, yeah, like, you can come to the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking maybe he called me back on accident. He didn't really, he wasn't trying to really call me. Right. So anyway, but I go to the game, and then after the game, I'm like, hey, you know, let me call him. He's like, and he shoots me, hey, meet me at so-and-so hotel. This is a room number. So I go up there, and it's his mom is there. You know, he's super close with his mom. Okay. So his mom is there, his brothers, uh, his sister are there, you know, his family's there in the hotel room, and I'm just sitting there kind of out of place. You know, I don't really, haven't really got an opportunity to meet them because, again, right. he didn't reply to any of my phone calls. So I'm sitting there, and his, uh, his mom had walked out for something, and he was on the phone. So he gets off the phone, his mom walks back in and says, hey, I want you to meet David, it's my agent. And I'm looking at Shut him up, in the moment, exa- just like that, and I'm like, wow. You know what I mean? The, the, my first quarterback, I literally never did a real presentation for so you said so, so Deshaun, Deshaun. So his mom just really just he, walks. He into just the room. won the national championship. Was named player of the game. Literally, like probably the biggest moment of his life. You know, right after that game, I'm sitting there and he introduces me to his mom as his agent, and I'm thinking in my head like, you haven't replied to a text message in six months. <laughs> right. Uh, and then after I get talked to him, he's like, yo, like you know, after the very first time I met you, I had a good you know vibe about you. I asked, mm-hmm. I asked around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said when we had dinner, he kind of confirmed what I thought. Right. I just didn't want to really, you know, focus on that during the season. Right. But I, I knew where I was going after that's the dinner. That's crazy, though. Oh, man. And he gave me again. It, it's all about opportunity, man. Right. At the end of the day, you know, that's, you know, as, a, as an agent or anybody in any field, all you want is the opportunity. Right. And he gave me that opportunity. And uh, I, I'd like to think I've done well for him. And, you know, right. obviously he's, you know, yeah, because of him, yeah. I've gotten into that quarterback space and been able to work with other quarterbacks. Yeah, and so that's, and so he's your first guy. He mm-hmm. obviously goes early. Uh, he goes to Houston, mm-hmm. uh, plays great, becomes a Pro Bowl. Uh, quarterback, uh, I think in his last year, he was an all-pro caliber player that mm-hmm. carried a team. Uh, mm-hmm. They just don't give you the nod when your team around you is, is, is terrible. <laughs> but, you know, you get to a point where you're negotiating a deal from him, for him. Mm-hmm. He's, in, he's in that draft class with a Patrick Mahomes, right? And then there are other guys coming up. Dak is coming up behind him. And so the quarterback world is, is a different world of doing contracts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's For not. Sure. It's, you, you don't just look at okay, this guy or th- this corner got this. I think my guy's better. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how we're going to go. When you were when you were doing his contract, him being your first quarterback, this the the first time you're really doing a deal like that for a QB. Was it different nuances you had to pay attention to, or was it certain things you knew you wanted to get? Because yeah. the quarterback contract world around you was changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think 
I think the fact that as a firm and athletes first, we've represented a lot of quarterbacks, right? Okay. Whether it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Carson Palmer. I mean, we go on and on, you know, the, mm. the quarterbacks we've represented historically. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of uh, experience, you know, going over those contracts, talking to the agents that did those contracts at my firm. So I had a good idea of what the market was okay. and how the market had been changing. Uh, so, you know, knowing that and knowing what, you know, Deshaun meant to that team and, and what he had done on the field and, mm. uh, you know, the way he was thought of on that team and, and respected by his teammates and so forth. Uh, I, I, you know, it wasn't a tough negotiation. I think right. we, you know, we were we were all able to agree right. on what his worth was. Yeah, and, that's, uh, that's different. Yeah, yeah, we were all able it to It happens agree. sometimes with yeah, QBs, it, though. It happens, it happens. So we were right. all able to agree on what his worth was. Uh, we were able to get a deal knocked out, and, and he was able to, you know, uh, get a contract in a city that, you know, he enjoyed playing for. Right. right. And so then you get to the offseason, some, some changes are being made, you know, he's in a situation where it's not really a team, uh, you know, he wants to play for anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have some things, obviously, we can't talk about specifically uh, because of legal reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, some of those things pop up. How do you then support him through a time like that? Because, you know, we talked <clears throat> about family. We talked about how you care about these guys. You know, when you do develop that relationship, things are, it's mm -hmm. different. Yeah. When it becomes real life like that, so what you know? For sure, does your job change then? And I you wouldn't get say out it changes. No, I don't think it changes, right? Because I think we, you know, I approach I approach it differently from the beginning, right? Okay. So you know, the the football part of it is just a part of these guys, right? They're you know, they're, that's just a part of what they do for a living. It's not who they are. So football is just a small piece of who these who these guys are, okay. right? So for me. In that specific situation, as you said, there's you know there's legal reasons we can't expound yeah. on it, right. you know, uh, the way we'd like to. Uh, but the one thing I can say is I know who Deshaun is. Uh, right. I think people around the NFL know who Deshaun is. Mm -hmm. That's the reason the market for Deshaun was still as hot as it was. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, the, you know, I think anybody who's met Deshaun knows who he is, right? right. And, you know, we, we know what the truth is. And that's the good thing about the truth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No matter what, the truth is the truth. Right. Whether it takes one day or two days or a year to come out, the truth is the truth, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty confident on how this thing plays out. Uh, mm -hmm. he's, pretty, he's, he's super confident and how it plays out. Um, so, you know, without, without being able to go too far right. in detail, man, you know, he is, you know, he's one of the best human beings I've ever been around. It's awesome, man. Uh, I don't know one person who, you know, doesn't have something to gain uh, by, you know, speaking negatively about him that would speak negatively about mm -hmm. him. You know, I think everybody's been around him, you know, glow I've never heard about a bad thing him. about him. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. again, man, he's, you know, he's still... Uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm -hmm. He will be when he gets back on the field. Uh, he'll continue to have an all-pro and, and, and phenomenal career moving forward. You know, and, you know, we talked about Deshaun's deal and you talk about the, the rest of what he's dealing with, and that's true. You know, like, people look at us and look at, well, not even me no more, but they look at football players and you're like, you get to do this job, mm -hmm. right? And they almost think that life doesn't exist. You know what I'm saying? And you got to deal with parts of that that as well. And, yeah, and I mean, in today's society, unfortunately, it's not about who's right, it's about who's first. You know right. what I mean? So, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, as, as somebody who's considered, a, 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 you know, what you, a public figure, you know, right. certain things you got to deal with. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, we'll deal with it. Right. Speaking of um, public figures, mm -hmm. right? Here you go. A figure of yours <laughs> became public um, last year in Forbes. Oh, here you go. Right? You, you were named the number one well, actually, you had to earn that, right? Because you couldn't just name. It wasn't like we were ranking people, right? It wasn't like college football where we get to say Georgia was one, but obviously they weren't one, mm. right? It wasn't college football. It was something you, like, you went out there and earned a certain amount for your clients, which made you the top agent in football, yeah. right? And, yeah. and I don't know, like, I pay attention to agents because it's my job. Like, I don't think the, the, the real world actually is that concerned about them. Uh, but when you get kind of put on blast, but when you get that type of recognition, coming from where you come from, coming from immigrant parents, right? Wanting to be a lawyer, because you only get to do two jobs. Only two. Only get to do two one. jobs, right? Get an opportunity to get an internship and then turn it into that, bro. I think like that's a, like, that's a journey and a story in itself. And I was talking to Jay Hill, and I was just talking about how smart I thought you were, right? And like I was like, I don't have, I don't have agent friends. Like, you're my only agent friend other than... I'm happy I made the cut. <laughs> yeah, other than, yeah, I know, right? Other than my agent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I was saying, though, I was like, the conversations we have are all the time in the... We speak like who we are, 
right? It's, you don't get on the phone with me. I don't get agent talk. I'm not on the phone with you talking like I'm on TV. We're mm -hmm. having these conversations, but there's so much information that information that's passed that I take away from it, you know? And then so to see you get to that point, do you ever feel like you have a responsibility to other like black or African-American or minority agents that come behind you to, to, to not only set a precedent or to not only show the world that you are capable, but to kind of give them a blueprint, blueprint of doing what they want to do as well? No, for sure. I think, I think it's all about representation. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, I think, you know, I never saw an African-American agent that I, you know, that I could kind of relate to growing up, right, before right. probably uh, a Eugene Parker, you right. know, once I really started paying attention. But it wasn't mm -hmm. something that, you know, there was a, 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 lot of the, a lot of Eugene Parkers out there, right? right? You know, Eugene is kind of looked at as a godfather of mm -hmm. black agents. So, and I don't mean to cut you off. You know what's crazy? How we always have, whether like uh, it's, it's a godfather or a first, mm -hmm. we always have to point to singular people yeah. in a pool of many. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, few and far between, you right. know, uh, previously. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think for me, you know, you kind of do have that on your back, right? Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you present yourself in a certain way. You have to, uh, you got to move differently uh, and make sure you, you give off that right, that's uh, the word I'm looking for. You know, you want, you want people to be able to trust you, mm -hmm. you know, believe, you know, you are who you say you are, right? right? Because not only, you know, am I, I'm not only speaking for myself, but like you said, those coming behind me, right? right. If I do something wrong, you know, then it's no, everybody that looks like him right. doing this, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, we don't get the benefit of the doubt all the time. So there's definitely that extra responsibility. Uh, but, you know, I, you know I, I take pride in that, mm -hmm. right? I take pride that, I, you know, that I've been able to accomplish what I've been able to accomplish. Uh, like I said from the beginning, I didn't do it on my own. You know, I've been given the opportunity uh, by a lot of guys who could have went a different route. Right. You know, all the guys that, I've, that I work with could have picked you know, myself or any other, you know, 100 agents 100%. that were recruiting them. So uh, I think they gave me the opportunity. They, you know, they, they uh, afforded me that opportunity. And my goal is then to say, okay, you know, I can do it. I, I was given the opportunity. If mm -hmm. others are, that look like me are given the opportunity as well, right. they can probably do just as good, if not a better job Absolutely. than what I've done. So now nah, definitely, man, you know, it comes with a lot. But, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm more than ready to take on that task. Right. And so, and so when... You know, I know you guys can get interns and, you know, you guys can uh, kind of, I guess, recruit or try to help, you know, other agents come mm -hmm. up behind you. Do you ever tell them the story of, all right, I was wanted to be a lawyer, I did an internship, mm -hmm. and kind of give people hope that they could be certain things? You know, like, I knew that I could make it as a free agent because I saw somebody else For make sure. It, For sure. You know? Yeah. But what was hard for me is when I got to TV, people didn't do TV like I wanted to do TV. You know what I'm saying? So when I first started, I like I had like I was hell bent on showing people I was really smart. You know what I'm saying? So like I'd go on TV, bro. Yeah. I'd sit up, I'd have all my notes, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking stats and but that ain't really me. Like what For I do sure. is like I watch it, right? I can dissect it. Once I see it, I'll never forget it. But I felt like I had to be a certain thing. And then it was honestly probably the, like the the Colin Kaepernick protest that kind of allowed me to be me. Cause like that's where everybody chose a side, mm -hmm. and it was gonna that's be clear, true. and yeah. it was clear where I was gonna stand. And standing on that, in the way I did it, it allowed me to then be myself the rest well, of the sure. way. Out. And I think I think that was your differentiating factor, right? Everybody has you know that thing that makes them different. And right. I think for you, that was just being yourself. You know, I mean, being true to who you were. Right. And I think people, I'll be honest, I think people love you for that. I think right. people can relate to you because mm -hmm. of that, right? They see themselves in you. You know, right. what I mean, the way you talk, uh, you know you're comfortable in your own skin. You don't look right. like you're up there faking. And that's something I do, right, with my clients. You know, I try to be, thing, yeah, right? I try to be as, as real as I can be. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the guys that I, you know, I represent, you know, we have, you know, somewhat similar backgrounds. Right. Uh, so I'm, you know, you know, just being honest. I think the two, you know, very important things when you're looking at an agent is going to be relatability and credibility, right? Okay. You want somebody that you can relate to, somebody that you feel like you can pick up the phone and call, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whether it's about football, whether it's about life, whatever it may be, right? Right. And, uh, the other side of it is credibility. You know, as a player, you want somebody, obviously, the relatability is cool, but you mm -hmm. also, it has, somebody, the person also has to be credible. Right. You've played football your whole life, a yeah. lot of these guys. Yeah, it's, it's cool to have put... another friend, but right. yeah. the business yeah. has to be taken care of, right? right? And I think for me, I'm able to present that, you know, you get both the credibility and the relatability. You get, you know, the, the relatability, like we talked about, but from a credibility standpoint, I've done contracts with every single team in the NFL. Right. You, know, I've, you know, I've been lucky enough to work with guys. I've, you know, I've made almost, you know, about 10 guys, the highest paid player in the history of the NFL yeah. their position. Uh, you know, obviously they put in the work and I was able to, you know, help right. them, uh, you know, receive those contracts, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think for me, 
it's that mix of relatability and credibility that have allowed me to get to the point that I, you know, I've gotten to it's the same way your honesty uh, and just being yourself have, you know, have, have got you where you're at. You right. And I mean? so, you know me, man, I am like, I'm loyal, right? Like mm-hmm. if, I, if I rock with you, I do. If I don't, I don't. It's no gray area. Like <laughs> yeah, people, yeah, I've, I've learned that. I've right, learned you know, that. And yeah. I try to be like that. And so, you know, every time I get an opportunity to talk about one of your guys, especially if contract negotiations mm-hmm. are coming up, I bring up your name. Mm-hmm. And I say, and I say he's the best agent. I say it all the time. He's the best agent, not only in football, mm-hmm. in sports to me. And, and I appreciate that. You know, and, and so, and then Forbes comes out and like most things, like what I am with football, I was right. I was like, see, I've been <laughs> telling y'all, but now if you need the numbers and you need to see it in, in, in black and white, here it is. And so you you started out with a guy like Earl Thomas. You represented you represent you know Deshaun Watson. You've had what is it now four first round um, quarterbacks. You have guys who've been the top paid at multiple positions. And so let's just say so for me, right? If I if I go into if if we're doing blind date, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say we're doing blind date. And what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to list. You know, it would be the same way if we was like, uh, he's, he's six foot, um, he's brown-skinned with brown eyes, uh, <laughs> works out occasionally, there likes long walks on the park, right? What was the name of that show back in the day? The, the Dating Connection? The Dating Connection, right, something, right, like, right, that, something yeah. like that, right? So if I'm doing that and I'm going, okay, well, he's made, you know, this amount of people the top paid at their position, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's represented, uh, you know, this amount of first-rounders, mm-hmm. right? Uh, these guys have not only gotten second contracts, but third contracts, and you go through it all, and you go through you go through the actual money made for client, not money made for self, mm-hmm. money made for client. Because in the end, that's what you do, for sure. right? I feel like if I walk into any college football player's home, right, then I also say, you know what? Uh, he's a this guy is a great family man. This guy has an unblemished record away from doing his job. All those things that people. I got to about- take you in the meetings with me. I got I you, mean, bro. Yeah, I got to take I you, got you in there with me, right? You know, and so I say all those things, and I hand them to people. I feel like it would be an easy decision to say, if this dude could do all this, this should be your agent. That doesn't seem hard to me. If he's the best in the world at what he does, if, he, if he's already shown that he can not only represent you, but himself in a way that you feel like is, is something that you want to be seen as, that's the perception of yourself you want, then it should be easy. So you talked about all the different players and positions you got. I mean... You got to have, you know, players of, of all ethnicities, background, because you mentioned that a lot of these players have your background. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the players that don't, the, the white quarterbacks who can get drafted, period. Maybe not even first round, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm a white DB, all 12 of them, you know, I would definitely, if I can play, want to sign with you because I get an opportunity to be counted amongst the Jalen Ramseys and all these dudes. So you're being the best in the world. And, you know, it's like if you were a dentist, Right, you're the best in the world. I had an opportunity to go to you. I'd want to go to you because mm-hmm. I want the best to work for me. So, how many white dudes do you represent? Uh, as of today, I don't represent any 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 white players. So you just don't want to? I, I don't think that's the case. I wouldn't say that's the case. I, I mean, I'd love to work with you know uh, any guys that I think are great players and people. So, right. just haven't been afforded the opportunity as of yet. And something we're working on. You know, mm-hmm. I'm definitely working on it. And, and I think you know I, I see things changing, but. Uh, right. It's a slow process, just like any 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 you, major change. Is is it harder to get interviews with with white athletes? You think, or is it just in the process? Maybe uh, some sort of. I, some... I, yeah, I think it's a little more difficult. I think at the end of the day, you know, like you said, I think, uh, you know, you choose to do business with people that you're comfortable with, okay. right? I think I think we we all do that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, from a societal standpoint, you know, we have made it okay. For uh, and we've always, as African Americans, we've looked at, you know, uh, as a white agent, you know, that's who's gonna be able to represent me. That's who's gonna be able to get me the top dollar. Just because, right. from a societal standpoint, that's what we've all been told historically. Historically, for yep. sure. Whether it's not only in football, whatever, no. whatever you do, right? You're absolutely correct. So I think you know, it's 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 a lot harder now uh, for you, as African American agent, to get a white client because a, you know, just like African American players are more likely to be more comfortable with African-American agents. Mm-hmm. I think white players are more likely to be more comfortable with, with white agents, but historically right. they haven't been told that, hey, you need a black agent to get what you need, right? right. But black agents have been, I mean, black players have been told mm-hmm. you need a white agent to get what you need. Right. I think they're, you know, we're kind of getting out of that system. Uh, I think as a society, we're kind of getting right. past that. But again, Working the shift. There right. you go. It's a slow process, but uh, I think it's something that's going to change here, you know, soon. And whether, right. you know, whether I'm the first person to do it or, one of my other African-American counterparts that are Asians are able to do it. I mean, I, I see that happening, right? I think uh, from a generational standpoint, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that those 
those limits and those glass ceilings are going to start breaking. Right. Uh, do, and whether it's me or somebody else that looks like me, you know, I can't wait to see it happen. Do Do you know of any African American agents that ha- that have currently currently have uh, white Man, clients? I don't. Just I mean, personally, I mean, I'm, I don't. I don't know any African American agents that represent a you know a drafted or highly drafted white player that they mm-hmm. represent on their own now okay there's, there's there's some that they co-represent and things of that nature and everything mm-hmm. look everything's a, a process right right so that's the that, process you know, of there's getting nothing wrong with that right you co-represent right. and you start showing that hey i can you know i can do a good job and i can be you know i can relate with the family and right. and so forth so i think there's steps to it so i've seen you know i've seen that Again, I could be wrong, so I don't want to, you know, right, I don't want to make a, a blanket statement. But I don't personally know of an African American right. agent that represents a white player that it's a that's a, a drafted or high draft pick on its own. Right? Do you think? Do you think as African American agents, you need to, or they need to change their approach in trying to recruit them? Because I would guess the the ability, like the the, the certain things, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. like the certain conversations that you could have with a black father or a black mother or mm-hmm. a black athlete from a point of experience mm-hmm. is 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 different. For right? sure. Like you 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 can relate to them in a different way. And those conversations are different where you're not going to be able to go into the white athlete's house and, yeah. and do that. Because no, I, 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 I don't I will say this, I know for sure. The, the white agents mm-hmm. don't have to change that conversation. Exactly. Because right? that conversation is, about, at, right? is so. about history and mm-hmm. about what I've done at my job. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you need to, we have to, as African-Americans, though, assimilate a little bit more and try to change things in order to, I guess, cross over would be <laughs> the word I had to use. Man, I think at the end of the day, you just got to show you can do your job, right? Okay. You, you know, I, I think nothing speaks uh, more for you than, you know, your kind of your resume. Okay. Right. I think if you walk into any home and, you know, you get the opportunity to kind of present yourself to people that are open minded and you have those conversations. And as African, it might take a little longer. You might not be able to do it all in a one off meeting. Okay. It might be a situation where you have to develop that relationship. Uh, and, you know, just again, because it's not something that, that you know, people are used to. Right. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a white, you know, I put myself in in the shoes of a white parent. Right. Okay. And I have I've never seen an African-American agent represent somebody that looked like my son, Okay. you know, it's hard to be the first one to do that, right? Yes. It's hard to say, hey, I'm going to be in, you know, and I won't say the, the first first, because I remember, again, going back to the godfather, Eugene Parker, mm. I believe he represented Rex Grossman. Okay. When he came out, I think, I can't even remember what year that was. That might have been, uh, was it mid, 02? Mid-2000s, right? I don't know, Had it might have be like been early. 2004? Yeah, somewhere in there, yep. 2003 maybe. Yep. Uh, he represented him, so I'm not saying it's never been done, but, you know, it's a, it's a rarity. So as a, you know, as a, as a parent, you obviously want what you want what's best for your son. Yeah, because you can't you can't necessarily draw or a reference daughter. from it. Yeah, 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 you can't actually draw. Yeah, there's no reference, right? So there's right. no reference point. So it's hard for you to be the first. So I think, you know, as an African American agent, I think what you have to do is, you know, develop that relationship. You know, mm-hmm. get in early uh, and just develop that relationship. And I think, you know, if you do that, uh, opportunities are going to start uh, presenting themselves. And like I said, I think, I think things are changing. and I think it yeah. happens soon. Have you have you ever been close or or actually thought you would have an opportunity? To represent a non-African American player, or in the past, yeah, the I past. wouldn't say I feel, I've been close. I think okay. again, I, you know, uh, I think opportunity. I think things are changing. Right. I think there's going to be opportunities that present themselves. I think you know, as as we grow as a society, mm-hmm. um, I think people are a lot more open-minded, and I think you know they start looking at your resume, and I, I'm hoping that people, you know, will remove color from the situation. Right. Uh, and, you know, when, when those dominoes start falling, you get one family that's okay with it, you get two, you get three. Right. I think then that kind of uh, will allow it to be kind of everyday occurrence yeah. as opposed to a rarity. Yeah, and I think, I think for me, the, the, the crazy thing about it is, is when, you know, you do read the numbers and you do look at the amount of money, you know, your clients or you've gotten mm-hmm. for your clients, obviously they work. Uh, to earn it, for sure. It's it's crazy that it's dealing with basically three quarters of the pool, though, mm-hmm. right? Because 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 if you could pull from a hundred percent of the pool, then obviously that's more opportunity for you to have clients that are wide ranging in not only position, not only talent, but also ethnicity, for sure. And I think um, you know we are coming from a world where you know. White agents were the super agents, and mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not a bad thing. That's just history, mm-hmm. uh, and that that's been what's been comfortable. For and sure. it is going to take, as it took people, even your friends, to step out and say, "Okay, I know David's just getting into the bu- the business. I trust him." It's also going to take some of those families exactly, to say, yeah. you know, 
And I mean, because historically, you couldn't even get, you know, a lot of African-American parents wouldn't trust African-American parents. Right, no, one Yeah, yeah, so I mean... And that needs to be said, right. And we, you know, we've, we've gotten past that hurdle, right? Now, okay. Where that's not a, uh, a rarity, it's common occurrence, right? Right. So now we're, it's just the next step, you know, it's just the next step in, in evolution now is that, you know, that everybody gets comfortable with seeing African-Americans as, you know, premier agents or somebody who's able right. to get you what you want, is able to maximize your, you know, your, your uh, uh, what you've done on the field and off the field. Right. Well, from from my standpoint, like I said, I think you're the best in the business. So I uh, I actually can't wait till it happens. I'm mm-hmm. going to call you and talk <laughs> about it. Uh, it's it, it's sad that you know you have to wait for that first. But I think that's a part of to me that's a part of your process too mm-hmm. in being the best to do it and being uh, you know who you are, your ethnicity, you know uh, where you come from, your background. To, to be able to get that opportunity, do well with that opportunity, only helps the next person. Oh, for sure. You know yeah. that comes behind you, and you know, like I said, it's in black and white. It's in Forbes. You know, they don't need they don't need my notebook, right? Yeah, but yeah. and so you know, like I said earlier, you're dressed that way based off of your 2020 earnings. I'm dressed this way based on my 2020 earnings and the fact that you know I get a discount. Oh, uh, um, here you go. So how long are you gonna do it though, bro? Because you got a lot of clients that's young. <sighs> Man, I mean, I'm gonna I'm, I'm do it as long as I, I need to. You know, I, mean, I enjoy my job. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as you know, you know, the recruiting part of it is tough, right? That, right. that that's a tough. Has part NIL of it. changed that? Any? Uh, NIL has changed it. I mean, you're starting to have to recruit guys that are much much younger. You know, it okay. used to be where, you know, when I first got in the business, you couldn't recruit a kid. Yeah, rude, you right. couldn't recruit a kid unless he was or a student athlete unless he was three years removed from high school. Okay. So basically, draft eligible. I got you. Then they changed the rule to where okay, you can recruit. Any you know you know anybody you want right, mm-hmm. but you know uh, you would you would the way it worked was you would recruit guys once they got to college because the, the NFL is different than the NBA right in the NBA you can tell a guy's going to be the guy when he's twelve years 100%. old right? right in the NFL you can be a five star prospect and never never make an NFL team never right. get drafted right uh, you can come into the season as a first round pick and by yeah. the end of the season you're not you know you're not draftable so it's a little different and it kind of uh, allowed you to kind of, you know, wait a little bit longer and develop mm-hmm. relationships. But now, uh, man, with NIL, uh, you know, and especially the way NIL is trending, where I think what you're going to see is that a lot of schools, you're going to start having, you know, every position is going to have its own salary. You right. Know what I mean, where you're going to have, you know, if you play this position, you're going to get paid this, yeah, have this much, this many uh, deals for you, and you'll make this much money. And that's going to be listen, every position. That, that's going to be a part of the recruiting process, right? When, when you're recruiting and, and your parents and those, those parents and those kids are in the room, and you say, you know, I got Bryce Young, and before mm-hmm. he ever threw a pass, yeah. this is what for Bryce sure. Young made. The, for sure. This, this for is sure. the value of this position at this university. At this university. For sure. So I think it's, it's definitely changed it. You're going to have, you know, student athletes that are, are making significant income mm-hmm. when they're still in college. You're going to have student athletes that might be making more than their head coach right. uh, at certain universities. So that's going to change the dynamics quite a bit. But I, but I think it's, it's good, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. right? Because you have a lot of these student athletes that, you know, have played football since they were four, right. who have made a lot of people a lot of money, yeah. and not themselves, and that don't come from the best backgrounds. And now they're going to be able to get that head start in life because the majority mm-hmm. of these guys aren't, aren't going to ever play in the NFL, right? right? So if you can come to college, get a degree plus, put away a significant amount of money right. uh, based on you being able to earn that income, mm-hmm. you get that head start in life even if you don't make it to the NFL where you have enough to buy yourself a home or you have enough right. to which, put... Which is always the thing because I was undrafted. Yeah. Like, that was my thing. I was like, you know, I told my mom, I was like, mom, I would put it under this mattress if I could, <laughs> you know, but she had worked in banks her entire yeah. life, worked herself from a teller to managers, all that. So I was like, you just tell me what to do, Ma, and I'm, and I'm going to do it with but it. You know that's, what I mean? That's, and I think that's going to be the missing link that we're going to need to uh, identify from, you know, from both an agent standpoint, mm-hmm. a university standpoint, uh, uh, a society standpoint, is when you have these young kids earning all this money, we need to make sure there are people in place to kind of help them, you know, understand what that money means, right. how far that money really goes, right. and what you should do with that money, right? Mm-hmm. And, and understanding, investing, uh, putting away money as opposed to getting the things that you want in that moment. Because yeah. you, the one thing, you know, you find, and not only athletes, but young people that are making money, you always think there's going to be that next check. Man, so keep coming. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna, you, you know, I made this stops. now. Exactly. <laughs> the checks never... are going to keep coming. Right. But in reality, you might be a guy that's a heck of a college football player, but you never, never make it to the NFL. Yep. So if you make a few hundred thousand, a million dollars in, in college, and you're able to put away a significant amount of that, you at least got that head start when you go get your job in the, right. you know, whether it's a corporate world, whether it's, you know, being a coach or whatever it is right. you decide to and do. And it also, it also gives people a leeway, though, like a, a little a little space yeah. to maybe pursue a passion. 
100%. Right, so because you know, if 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 you don't have no money and you're out of school, like you ain't in the league, you, you gotta work. go get a job to survive. You gotta pay bills. You know what I mean? So you do have a little bit of a cushion. 100%. Now you can be like, okay, I do want to coach, but I can go be a GA or mm-hmm. I can go For be sure. quality control instead Definitely. of. And, and, and it puts you in a position that a lot of affluent kids are when they leave college, yes. right? Where they have that room for error. You know, I yeah. want to do this, I want to explore. And it gives these these players this. Or, you know, there's a lot of guys that need help. You know, they want to help family members back home that right. aren't in the best condition. So I think for those reasons, NIL is going to be, you know, phenomenal. Right. I think we just got to make sure that, you know, people don't get Man complacent. Right yeah. uh, you know, guys don't get complacent that they're making a little bit of money right. and don't really focus on what's important, getting that degree and, and, and possibly right. making it to the NFL if you have that. You know, if God's giving you that talent. Right. Uh, and then also, like you said, managing that money that you are getting and not, you know, making uh, foolish decisions because you're just right. young. You know, if you gave me, you know, a ton, yeah. yeah, if you gave me a ton of money when I was 21, I'm, 22 I'm years old. All up. Oh, man. You know, yeah. I'd have had a good couple years. You know what I mean? Cause <laughs> so, I, you know. <laughs> all right. So you talk about affluent families and setting uh-huh. us and, and being set up. So this means, man, your kid's going to have, what, three, four houses? <laughs> uh, there you go. So you just going to have to work till you die, man, to make nah, sure. Nah, that's not, that's, not, that's not my plan. That's not my plan at all. I mean, I look at it like, look, man, my, 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 my goal of, as a parent is to set my kids up in a way where, you know, they had it better than what I had. Right? Okay. You know, every generation you look so at it. Like trying to you, get better. Exactly. You want to get better. So, you know, I got a plan for my kids. If, if, if I'm able to put a certain amount away for them mm. and, you know, I've always, you know, I've always dreamt of having, you know, a house, at least a house, something that they can call their own right. by the time they graduate college. Like, this is your home and a certain amount of money and say, look, now you get to go and kind of, like you said, give them that cushion. Right. But uh, now, nah, man, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I, me and my wife talk about it all the time. You only live once. You know, you right. only get one shot at this thing called life. So for me, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Panos, gave me this quote. And it was, look, when I die, I want my last check to bounce. <laughs> Right. That last check I write, you know what I mean? I want them to come looking for me. I right. want, you know, so, you know, you know, at some point I'm retired and I'm enjoy the rest of my life, you know, right. with my wife and be able to, you got to be able to enjoy life, man. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, sometimes we take this, you know, we take this thing called work too serious and, yeah. you know, we work ourselves into a grave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, it's about finding that balance where, you know, you get that, you know, that work life and that family life balance. And right. at some point, you know, you've made enough where you can say, okay, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at and I can walk away from this, right? right. So. At some point, I'll stop the recruiting and I'll, and I'll just work with the guys that I have mm-hmm. until they retire, and then, you know, go visit a few countries or something with the wife. And like I said, man, hope, hope that, you know, hope when it's time for me to go, my, you know, I, I zero out that bank account. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dog, the check's not bouncing yet. You know what I mean? So that's good. I appreciate you coming on. I uh, appreciate the wisdom. Uh, I've always known all these things about you. I wanted the world to know. So, no, I my appreciate dog, the time, man. Yes, appreciate sir. it. Yes, sir. And see, you shook my hand like a super agent. Here you go. Here not you like go, my frat man. brother. All right, oh, this man. is it, man. We done. This is Face First. David Moore together. Underestimated and still I made it. In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated. Nobody told me looked over, but still dedicated. Played in the league for 13. I ain't gotta be favored. Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest. The thing is this, and never rich, I'm good with my neighbors. DB Precision, television, ain't ask for no favors. Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers. No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie. Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me. Ain't gotta like what I'm saying, just watch me go to work. And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First. Like,